Chapter Five of the Surprising Adventures of Bamfield Moore Carew, King of the Beggars, by Bamfield Moore Carew. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. It is almost unnecessary to inform the reader that these successful stratagems gained him high applause and honor in the company of the gipsies. He soon became the favorite of their king, who was very old and decrepit, and had always some honorable mark of distinction assigned him at their public assemblies these honors and applauses were so many fresh spurs to his ingenuity and industry so certain it is that wherever those qualities are honored and publicly rewarded though but by an oaken garland their industry will outwork itself and ingenuity will exceed the common bounds of art our hero therefore was continually planning new stratagems and soon executed a very bold one on his grace the duke of bolton coming to his seat near basingstoke in hampshire he dressed himself in a sailor's ragged habit and knocking at the gate desired of the porter with a composed and assured countenance admittance to the duke or at least that the porter would give his grace a paper which he held in his hand but as he did not apply in a proper manner to this great officer who we think may not improperly be styled the turnkey of the gate as he did not show him that passport which can open every gate pass by the surliest porter and get admittance even to kings neither himself nor paper could gain any entrance however he was not disheartened with this but waiting near the gate for some time he at last saw a servant come out whom he followed and telling him that he was a very unfortunate man desired he would be so kind as to introduce him where he might speak to his grace as this servant had no interest in locking up his master for that belonged to the porter only he very readily complied with his request as soon as the porter was off his stand which he accordingly did introducing him into a hall where the duke was to pass through soon he had not been long there before the duke came in upon which he clapped his knee to the ground and very graciously offered a paper to his hand for acceptance which was a petition setting forth that the unfortunate petitioner bamfield moore carew was supercargo of a large vessel that was cast away coming from sweden in which were his whole effects and none of which he had been able to save the duke seeing the name of bamfield moore carew and knowing those names to belong to families of the greatest worth and note in the west of england inquired of what family he was and how he became entitled to those honorable names he replied they were those of his godfathers the honorable hugh bamfield and the honorable major moore the duke then asked him several questions about his friends and relations all of which he answers very fully and the duke expressing some surprise that he should apply for relief in his misfortunes to any but his own family who were so well able to assist him he replied he had disobliged them by some follies in his youth and had not seen them for some years but was now returning to them many more questions did the duke and a lady who was present ask him all of which he answered to their satisfaction as this was not a great while after his becoming a member of the community of the gipsies the duke had never heard that any of the noble family of the carews was become one of those people and was very glad to have it in his power to oblige any of that family he therefore treated him with respect and called a servant to conduct him into an inner room where the duke's barber waited on him to shave him 
presently after came in a footman who brought in a good suit of trimmed clothes a fine holland shirt and all the other parts of dress suitable to these as soon as he had finished dressing he was introduced to the duke again who complimented him on his genteel appearance and not without reason as few did more honour to dress he was now desired to sit down by the duke with whom were many other persons of quality who were all greatly taken with his person and behaviour and very much condoled his misfortunes so that a collection was soon made for him to the amount of ten guineas the duke being engaged to go out in the afternoon desired him to stay there that night and gave orders that he should be handsomely entertained leaving his gentleman to keep him company but mr carew probably not liking his company so well as the duke's took an opportunity soon after the duke was gone to set out unobserved towards basingstoke where he immediately went into a house which he knew was frequented by some of his community the master of the house who saw him entering the door cried out here's his grace the duke of bolton coming in upon which there was no small hurry amongst the company as soon as he entered he ordered the liquor to flow very plentifully at his private cost his brethren discovering who he was were greatly amazed at the appearance he made so different from the usual custom of their order but when he had informed them fully of the bold stratagem he had executed the whole place resounded with applause and every one acknowledged he was the most worthy of succeeding their present good old and respected king as our hero's thoughts were bent on making still greater advantage of his stratagem he did not stay long with his brethren but went to a reputable inn where he lodged and set out the next morning for salisbury here he presented his petition to the mayor bishop and other gentlemen of great note and fortune applying to none but such who were so and acquainted them with the favours he had received from his grace the duke of bolton the gentleman having such ocular demonstration of the duke's great liberality treated him with great complaisance and respect and relieved him very generously not presuming to offer any small alms to one whom the duke of bolton had thought so worthy of his notice in the same manner and with the same success he visited lord arundel sir edward bouvery and many other gentlemen in the counties of wilts dorset and somerset coming into devonshire his native country he visited all his friends and most intimate acquaintance in that part and was relieved by them not one of them discovering this unfortunate supercargo to be mr bamfield moore carew being one morning near the seat of his friend sir william courtney he was resolved to pay him three visits that day he went therefore to a house frequented by his order and there pulled off his fine clothes and put on a parcel of rags in this dress he moved towards sir william's there with a piteous moan a dismal countenance and a deplorable tale he got half a crown of that gentleman as a man who had met with misfortunes at sea at noon he put on a leather apron a coat which seemed scorched by the fire and a dejected countenance applied again and was relieved as an unfortunate shoemaker who had been burned out of his house and all he had in the afternoon he went again in his trimmed clothes and desiring admittance to sir william with a modest grace and submissive eloquence he repeated his misfortunes as the supercargo of a vessel which had been cast away and his whole effects lost 
at the same time mentioning the kindness he had received from his grace the duke of bolton sir william seeing his genteel appearance and behaviour treated him with that respect which the truly great will always pay to those who supplicate their assistance and generously relieved him presenting him with a guinea at his departure there happened to be at that time a great number of the neighbouring gentlemen and clergy at dinner with sir william not one of whom discovered who this supercargo was except the reverend mr richards who did not make it known till he was gone upon which sir william dispatched a servant after him to desire him to come back when he entered the room again sir william and the rest of the company were very merry with him and he was desired to sit down and give them an account by what stratagem he had got all his finery and what success he had with it which he did after which he asked sir william if he had not bestowed half a crown that morning on a beggar and at noon relieved a poor unfortunate shoemaker i remember replied sir william that i bestowed such alms on a poor ragged wretch well said mr carew that ragged wretch was no other than the supercargo now before you sir william scarcely crediting this mr carew withdrew and putting on the same rags came again with the same piteous moan dismal countenance and deplorable tale as he had done in the morning which fully convinced sir william that he was the same man and occasioned much diversion in the company he was however introduced again and seated among them in his rags sir william being one of the few who pay a greater regard to the man than the dress can discern and support merit under rags and despise poverty of soul and worthlessness in embroidery but notwithstanding the success of the stratagem our hero always looked upon it as one of the most unfortunate in his whole life for after he had been at sir william's as above mentioned coming to stoke gabriel near totnes on a sunday and having done that which discovered the nakedness of noah he went to the reverend mr osburne the minister of the parish and requested the thanksgivings of the church for the wonderful preservation of himself and the whole ship's crew in the imminent danger of a violent tempest of thunder and lightning which destroyed the vessel they were aboard of though mr osburne knew him very well yet he had no suspicion of its being him in disguise therefore readily granted his request and not only so but recommending him to his parishioners a handsome collection was made for him by the congregation which he had generosity enough to distribute among the poor of the parish reserving but a small part to himself though this was bringing good out of evil he still speaks of it after above thirty years lapse since the commission with the greatest regret and compunction of mind for he is sensible that though he can deceive man he cannot deceive god whose eyes penetrate into every place and mark all our actions and who is a being too awful to be jested with End of chapter five